Okay, Ken. Okay, great. Um, thank you guys for joining another uh, webinar with us uh, for Mexico high school football guys. Um, we have Mr. Dean Blandino uh, on the, uh, is our guest speaker today, but before we get started, uh, we usually uh, let people know what's coming up and we really are gonna take a few week notice uh, uh, vacation from these and we're gonna come back with uh, rule sessions. Dennis, do you have those dates for everybody? I think we're going to start uh, the first week, or I'm sorry, the week of June 15th. We'll send out um, the date of when we'll hold the first one. Probably, I'm thinking on a Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure yet, but it's going to be that week. And we're going to plan on running 8 to 10 uh, rule sessions through the summer. Take a break for the district clinic or that tends to be, and then um, roll right into the regular season weekly quizzes. But this is the last uh, spring summer session, and we're going out with a bang with Mr. Dean Blandino. I, I hear that. Um, uh, Dean, we have our uh, commissioner of football officials on with us, Dana Pappas. She usually likes to say a few words, and then I'll introduce you. So, Dana? Dean, long time no see. Yeah, how are you? Great, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good, well thank you so much for spending a Wednesday night with us and uh, giving giving of yourself and your time to our football officials here in New Mexico. Um, as Ken and Dennis mentioned, we're definitely going out on a, a high note at the end of these spring webinars and uh, it's great to have you on and uh, you're somebody I've always thought very highly of and I'm, I'm excited to have you with our New Mexico family. So it's great seeing you and uh, thank you so much for your time this evening. No, thank you. And then, like I said, I'm honored to be a part of this. It looks like you've had some great speakers and uh, and it's just I'm excited to uh, to just share some share some stuff about instant replay and hear your questions and just and just have a conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. I'll uh, turn it over to our uh, our football folks. Great. Thank you, Dana. Appreciate it. Um, I just noticed we have Mr. Mike Contreras, the head of the RMAC. Mike, would you like to say uh, hello to uh, Dean before he gets started? <laughs> good evening, Dean. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. I, I've enjoyed some of your uh, your past presentations, and I'm really excited to to hear what you have to say tonight to the to the group here. Uh, I was going to save it for a question, but one I'll, I'll ask that you hopefully you will address. And that is, how can they use replay to improve their officiating on the field? And by that, I mean how, how, how they understand the replay process. And at the high school level, obviously, we don't have it. How, how they can understand replay, what replay is looking for, and then how they can turn that around and improve their officiating on the field. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And we talked to college officials and NFL officials quite a bit about that. It's, it's you know, knowing the replay process, how does that make you a better on-field official? And I think when, when replay was first implemented, um, there, was a, there was a clear separation. And, and it was the on-field officials did what they do, replay did what they do, and there really wasn't a lot of collaboration. And it was almost, I think, initially there was some, there was some, Kind of hesitancy on the on the part of the game officials, uh, you know, in terms of accepting replay. I think that has obviously changed over time, and it's become really a part of the fabric of the game at, at the college level and, and the NFL level. I think understanding the process um, is is critical uh, because there are many things now that you know in the college game we're using wireless communication. Um, to communicate from the replay booth to the on-field officials and then among the on-field officials. And replay is getting involved in, in more and more things, penalty enforcements and, and helping in other areas because the game does happen very quickly. I, th I think understanding what replay does will help you even at the high school level because what we're going to talk about a little bit later is the replay process. And I think if you can apply that process to whenever you watch game film, I think that can help you get better, right? How do we get better without actually getting out and getting reps, right? Through video, right? And the access to video has been, you know, has evolved over the years. And it's, it's, it's so much better than when it was when I first started or 
or when I'm sure when many of you first started, we have access to film and access to people and 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 to be able to collaborate that way is is so important to our development. And so watching game film, that's what replay is. It's watching plays on video, breaking it down. There's a process to it. And I think if you understand and learn that process, it can help you break down your own game film. And then it can help you see things out on the football field. So so we'll go through that. Thank you. And uh, and hopefully it'll help you pick up some things. And I'll be I'll be quite honest. I'm also I'm going to you're going to hear a little bit of a recruiting pitch from me today. And and because we need we need good people in replay and we need to find other ways to create a pipeline, um, an inclusive and uh, and sustainable pipeline. And, and so and so you're going to hear a little bit of that as well. Good. Thank you very much. Mike, thank you for asking Dean that question. So, um, again, you guys, our, our guest today is Dean Blandino. You can look on the left side of the screen. His his uh, resume is impressive. I'll let, I won't read the whole thing, but um, fascinating story, uh, multifaceted, um, and the who's who of of college football officiating, especially in the replay area. Um, uh, just a little story, Dean. I, I this is my first year at SASA, and I got a position for off-field replay just to learn more about it. And um, it has just opened my eyes to replay, and it's actually going to make me a better on-field official. Um, so I'm really excited to have you here today. But I'll, I'll turn it over to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dean Blandino. All right. Well, thank you. So what I want to do, and I'll, I'll just share my screen here and hopefully I do this the right way. I've been, I've been on, uh, I've been on zoom calls pretty much all week, but I think we can figure this out. And, um, so what I want to do is I want, I want to talk about, like I said, the, the recruitment process. And I think this is going to be important as, as the future of replay. And what that what that looks like, and, and, it, and it's going to start with it's going to start with with people. It's going to start with people like you, and uh, and so let me see if I can get this here. That's working. Okay, good, good, good. So let's go. Let's go to the beginning. All right. So so it, it starts with people, right? And and like I said we are trying to create an inclusive and sustainable pipeline for replay. And, and, and what our population currently exists um, of in the college ranks is, is it's mostly made up of retired on-field officials. And, and there, there's obviously, that was, that was our, our pool, right? When replay first came in, in the mid 2000s, well, where were we going to get people that understood officiating and understood rules? Well, there were going to be on-field officials. And, and the way it happened was on-field officials that were toward the end of their career for whatever reason, and, uh, and they ended up in the replay booth. And many of these officials have been successful. They've, been, they've done really well. And some of them have struggled. And, and what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about that replay official profile and what we're looking for. And, and why it makes sense to look outside that that pool of people. Um, so what we want to do is we want to identify people like yourselves, people from around the country that are on the field now that maybe you're not thinking about. Um, I, I want to. I, I have goals. I have things I want to achieve on the field. I love it, um, but maybe I haven't been exposed to replay. Maybe I don't understand what they do. And 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 so if we can educate people like yourselves, on-field officials. Um, that are earlier in their careers, and maybe maybe it'll maybe a light bulb will go off. Maybe maybe something will click. You say, "Hey, wait a minute! I have those skills, and I could apply those skills to replay. And maybe I could go even farther in my career than I would on the field." So we want to identify people that have the skill set, that have an interest, and get them opportunities. Right? We want to we want to look at outside the box and look outside officiating. Right? Can we recruit people not from the officiating world? Believe me, I didn't. I I, I never officiated on the field, and, and I feel like I accomplished a lot. And and I did it in, through different ways. I did it through learning the rules. I did it through video and technology, and and so so you can accomplish what you want um, in a lot of different ways. So we're looking at student athletes. We're looking at lower levels officials in other sports or athletes in other sports. 
Maybe maybe these are these are athletes at a Division two or a Division three school playing football that aren't going to go to the NFL on the field as a player, but they love the game. They want to stay involved. Maybe they can transition as an official, and we can teach them the rules and teach them the mechanics and and help them along. Right? As as, as all you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight, and we don't we're not looking to to fast track people. We're not looking, but we want to get people from other areas interested in officiating, interested in replay, and uh, and we can create that pipeline. So, what does that profile look like? What what are we looking for in in, in a replay official? It starts with character, and, and look, this isn't rocket science. Um, if if I'm the head of any company, and and I don't care if whatever industry it is, I want people with good character. That, that's a part of it. When we look at on-field officials, right, we want we want good people. It's as simple as that. You're going to spend time on crews. You're going to spend time communicating with people, interacting with people. And we want, we want the type of people that have good character that are going to represent our organizations well and, and are going to make this environment and make this whole process an enjoyable one. So it starts there. And then as we get into more specifics, Right. We're looking for people that are more analytical all right, or have have the ability to analyze plays instead of officiating. it. And that's the hardest transition. When you talk about people that have worked on the field that transition to replay, it's hard. You have to you have to reprogram your brain because you're used to looking at the game a certain way. You're going to use you're going to use your mechanics and your positioning and your experience and your instinct and your feel and your gut sometimes to make decisions in a split second looking at it once. In replay, right, those things can help us in certain areas, but we're not making decisions based on what we feel or what we think, okay? We have to make decisions based on the video, and we have to focus on what you can prove. So we can look at a play and get a feel for it, we could think something. I think that pass is incomplete. It looks like it's a catch, but when you're using those types of language in the replay booth, that can lead us down a wrong path because you have to prove it with the video. Prove that it was a catch. Prove that it was incomplete. Prove that it was a touchdown. So the question you have to ask yourself when you're considering a replay is can you work through an analytical process? Okay, so as you think about that, think about that question. Can you manage multiple inputs? When you're up in the replay booth, and I don't know how many of you have been in a replay booth, um, it can be overwhelming the first time. And so you've got, there's, there's technology that we have to deal with. There's three television screens in the college game. You've got a technician that's responsible for operating the system. You have a communicator. That is your assistant, your IR number two. You have, in many cases, a fourth person in the booth that is an assistant communicator that is going to help you describe what's happening on the field and tell you what the offense is doing. And then if we go to a review, we're talking to the referee. So can you manage all of those, all of those streams of communication? And sometimes it's happening simultaneously. So you ask yourself the question, can you handle a process where you have to manage a number of inputs simultaneously? Are you a flexible thinker? This is so critical because not all replays are created equal. As, as we go through process in a little bit, you're going to see as the game situation changes and it's changing every play, right? That's going to dictate what we do in the replay. So we have to have the ability to apply the proper rule at the proper time. Now that that on-field officiating has that aspect as well, right? Can we use our experience to know when this set of circumstance presents it, presents itself? Can we apply the proper rule? And the next time it happens, can we be consistent? So again, ask yourself the question: Are you uncomfortable working in an environment where the hard and fast rules don't always apply? Look, we work in officiating. It's not always, we, we want rules to be black and white, but we know there's so much gray. And even in the replay booth, when it's supposed to be more definitive and it's supposed to be more objective, we have gray areas. 
and we have to be able to navigate through those gray areas. So can we do that? Our attitude, again, attitude is so critical to, to anything that we do, but especially in the replay booth, we're looking for people with the right attitude. Are, are, are you coachable? Okay, and even, and even probably more critical is, can you approach the game in a different way? Okay, can you adapt your way of thinking to a new process? The replay officials that are successful adapt their way of thinking to the replay way of thinking, not the other way around. If you're stuck in your ways, coming from on the field or coming from where you're coming from, and you're stuck in your way of thinking and you're not going to change the way you approach the game, you're not going to be successful. So you ask yourself that question, you know, am I open to a new way of looking at the game? Can I turn off my officiating brain at times? And can I be more analytical? Really, really tough sometimes. And when you talk to play to people that have done it on field and then worked replay, they'll tell you that that's the hardest transition. So that's what we're looking for. Okay. So so what are the what are the building blocks to success? And look, this is not specific to replay. This is on-field officiating too. But this is what we're looking for. This is how we create success. And these are building blocks. They could also be barriers to success if we're not diligent in these areas. Preparation. Okay, preparation is key. Preparation, if we're prepared and we've gone through the things we need to go through and we're not just winging it, we're going to be successful. So what does that look like? Right? Are we evaluating our own performance? We have a game, we work the game. During the week, are we evaluating our performance? Are we going through every game you work? You know those three or four plays that you have a question about that you can't wait you know, to go look at the film and see what the film shows. It's the same in the replay booth. There are those three or four plays you want to go back and look at. You know, are you going back? Are you evaluating your own decisions after the fact? And are you coming to the same conclusion? That's what we ask our replay officials to do. You know, collaboration with your peers. We have access to so many people. We have access, we have ways to communicate um, like we never had before. Are we communicating with our peers, working with each other, sharing plays, sharing test questions, those types of things? Our rules and our mechanics review, so important. Rules knowledge is critical. Um, we want to be experts in the rules, and it doesn't change in the replay booth. Many replay officials think that when they become a replay official, they don't have to know all the rules. I only have to know what's reviewable. Well, that's not the case. We have to know penalty enforcements because we may overturn a call on the field and now a penalty enforcement may change and we have to know that. So our rules and our mechanics, we have to be experts at all times, really critical. One of the things I like to do is I was learning, you know, I was learning the NFL rules. Um, I was learning the college rules. I study up on the high school rules. I try to take a section of the rule book and I try to write it in my own words. Because I can understand my own words. Rule books are written. It almost feels like legal. It feels like legal, a legal document. And, and in some ways, that, that's what it is. But if we can write it in our own words that we can understand and then have somebody help us, maybe somebody, maybe it's a mentor, maybe somebody on our crew, somebody that we've looked up to that can help us. Hey, am I on the right page? Is this what this rule means? That's a great exercise to go through. The training materials, whatever we're getting, whether it's whether it's video, whether it's quizzes, whatever we're getting from those of those, those who are evaluating us, who are helping us, that's it's critical that we review that. And then getting ready for the upcoming game, right? We we want to know what the two teams like to do, trends, things like that. We don't ask our replay officials to get into every little detail like they were going, you know, it's an upcoming opponent. And, and, and we're playing, uh, you know, we're, we're the team scouting. But we've got to know what the offense likes to do. Do they hurry up? Do they go fast? Do they huddle? Being prepared is so critical. And then just understanding the logistics, okay? Knowing when we're getting to the game, what time is our pregame meeting, who do we have to communicate with, who do we have to make sure is, is, is where they need to be, when they need to be there. Going through all that is all part of preparation.
And then communication. This is critical in replay. As a replay official, you're going to set the expectations in the replay booth. You're going to go through the roles and responsibilities, and everybody has specific roles and responsibilities. And you have to make sure that you set those expectations for today's game. All right, here, here's everybody's role. Here's what I expect. And we're going through that. As we communicate, whether it's on the field or in the replay booth, we want to be clear and concise. Many times in the replay booth, it's not a conversation. It's we're, we're, we're going through a series of facts. We're going through a series of things that we have to communicate to either a referee or a communicator, one of our, one of our other personnel in the replay booth. So clear and concise communication is so critical. A video that I shared, and, and you can go and look at it. Just, just go on YouTube and look at there. There was a Southwest flight, um, and, and look up Southwest pilot lands plane with, with blown engine, right? And listen to that communication. You can listen to the communication between the pilot and air traffic control. And that's the type of communication that we want on the field and the type of communication we want in the replay booth. It's clear, it's concise, it's a very, very stressful environment and they are calm and they communicate what they need to communicate. And there isn't a lot of extra language. Gotta be good listeners, right? Whenever we say, you know, being a good communicator is being able to articulate yourself and those, but no, that's just part of it. All right. We've got to be good listeners. We have to. And, and when you listen and we do this in our everyday lives, how many times do you have a conversation with someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a colleague? And as they're speaking, we're just thinking about what our response is going to be. Right. Then we're not really listening if that's all we're doing. I do it all the time and I try to be mindful of it. Right. If you're thinking about what your response is going to be, you're not actually thinking, not you're not actually listening to what they're saying. And then that self-evaluation is so critical during the game. Replay officials have the benefit during during media breaks. They can go back, look at the video and evaluate their own performance. You might have had a review. A couple of minutes ago, we get to a break. Now they can go through it with a little more time. And that's important. Confidence, right? We have confidence in everything that we do. We're confident if we're prepared, right? If we have experience, repetition is gonna help give us confidence. And look, there's gonna come a point, right? In everybody's career, we just started. And I guarantee you weren't as confident when you first start something as you are when you've been doing it for a while. So we've gotta get more reps. We've gotta take more opportunities to get better. And how do we do that, right? When we're not out there on the football field, we look at video. And if you're looking at video and you're breaking down film, you're preparing for a career in replay. You may not know it, but you're preparing yourself for a career in replay. Accountability, right? We're looking for people that are gonna that are gonna hold themselves accountable, and they're gonna hold others accountable. In the replay booth, it's a team, right? The replay official is, is in charge, but it's a team concept. And we have to hold each other accountable and we have to make sure we communicate what are the performance standards and we continue to emphasize those throughout the game. And then lastly, stress. Stress is something that it can be a negative. Usually when we think of stress, we think of it in a negative way. Um, but stress can also be a positive, right? Because when we're under stress, our body starts to, it starts to, to create certain, right, certain hormones and our body starts to change. You think about, you think about the, the fight or flight, that, that reaction, right? That, that comes from stress and how we handle that stress is so important. And we can use it to our benefit, right? If we're, how do we, how do we overcome a stressful environment and use it to our benefit if we're confident? Right. And confidence comes from the things we just talked about. If we're prepared and we've had experience and we have those repetitions, um, just be yourself. There, there's, you can't be anybody else. Right. So just be yourself and work through it. Right. Humor. Humor can help you. And believe me, in officiating, if you don't have a sense of humor, you're not going to last very long. Right. It's a negative environment 99% of the time. When I worked at the NFL, 
right? I can count on one hand, right? And I was at the NFL a long time. I can count on one hand the amount of times a coach or a GM called me to tell me that the crew did a nice job, that the crew did a good job, right? I can't, I can't tell you how many times a coach called me the other way. So having a sense of humor is going to be is going to be something that will help us get through those those stressful times. Um, look, diet and exercise, how we how we physical fitness. This is so important. When I first started at the NFL in 1994, we we had a yearly clinic, a fall, uh, you know a summer clinic, like most organizations do. And the physical fitness requirement for the on-field official was they had to walk a mile, right? It wasn't timed. That was their requirement. And we have come a long way. And, you know, I don't know how many high school, you know, in terms of, in terms of organizations and, and local associations, you know, have any type of physical fitness requirement. But certainly when you get to the college level and the NFL level, it is expansive. And how... How you and that is going to be something as we're thinking about moving up, right? How how we how we look and how we move and all of that is going to be looked at, and that's going to come down to diet and exercise. And look, I I'm not telling you that you have to count calories or you have to. I love to eat, but exercise should be a part of your normal when possible. I understand we all have we all have jobs and we all have families and 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 other other responsibilities. But we have to be, if we're going to give our best to those, to those kids and, and to those teams and to ourselves and to our crew, then, then we have to take care of ourselves. And that's important. Um, breathing, right? Just simple things. I always tell replay officials in the replay booth, when something happens, and you know those plays, when that play happens, that it's, you take, you go, what just happened, right? It's a, if there's an interception and then a fumble and, and, and a long return, and there's three flags on the play, right? Just take a deep breath. Don't, don't jump. Because sometimes you'll find yourself, you don't, you're not even breathing for 10 or 15 seconds because something is, is happening and you have, your body's having that response. Take a deep breath. It just resets everything. This is something we, we tell our replay officials. But this isn't, again, it's not rocket scientists. Positive thought control and visualization is so important to everything that we do, right? If we believe we're going to fail, then chances are we're going to fail, right? If we can visualize success, then we're going to be in a better position to be successful. And if we can keep the negative thoughts out of our minds, and it's so hard, right, when we're in that negative environment. We don't get a lot of positive reinforcement in officiating. It's the same in the replay booth, right? So how do we do that, right? Our crewmates, we keep, we pick each other up. We encourage each other, those types of things. Our own, in our own minds, we're, we're positive. We're waiting for that big call. We're ready for it. We're, we're, we're anticipating getting it right and being in good position and nailing it. It's the same in the replay booth. Anticipation. Anticipation is so important in the replay book. Thinking about types of plays that are going to happen that could be significant. Okay. So, so I'll stop there and I'll open it up before I get into replay process. I don't just, I don't want this to just be me, me talking, you know, any questions or anything that you've ever, you know, about replay, how do I'm interested? How do I get started? Anything about anything that I just covered before we get into a little bit more of the actual process? I'm always asking questions. Anybody else want to jump in before me? So, Dean, I sent you an email. This is Dennis. And, we, and I mentioned in the email that um, the NFHS rulebook does address replay at the high school level for yeah. postseason. Uh, New Mexico hasn't adopted it, or I don't know if they are even thinking about adopting it. But uh, can you just talk a little bit about replay in the postseason for high school sports? Sure, sure. So, yeah, so that, you know, I believe they, you know, they put that in and, and 2019, and, and they said that um, that the, 
each state could implement replay for for the postseason only. And if and if the and some states have you know Alabama, Texas, um, Ohio, some some and when they put in and and I think for me what was what was interesting is that they said okay that if a state decides to to put replay and implement replay for the postseason that the state is responsible for coming up with the guidelines and the parameters. Um, and that that's interesting. And I don't know if that's a positive because then you could have, you know, in Texas, they're doing one thing. And in Florida, they're doing a different, something different. In Alabama, it's completely different. So you don't, you don't have that consistency. And, uh, and so, and so that was one, I do think the other issue with, with high school replay is really comes down to resources. And uh, we know, right, the NFL has not that they don't have unlimited resources, but they've got a lot of resources. Many of the power five conferences have a lot of resources. And then as you go down the line, those resources start to start to decrease. And when you think about high school athletics, we're not talking about big budgets. So so how can we implement replay um, in understanding that we have to it has to be cost effective? And then just try to create a consistent a consistent system. So, so for me, you know, there are there are sideline. You know, coaches are using video on the sideline for some, whether it's huddle or or an edge system. Can we somehow incorporate that into replay? It's certainly possible. I just think replay in high school football um, should be limited if it is used. I understand the magnitude of these postseason games. I like that it's just postseason. But I think I would love for NFHS you know, to have some guidelines in place that if you are going to implement replay, here are our recommended guidelines so that there is some consistency uh, in terms of limiting it. I know in New Jersey, they have some rules that apply, you know, if it's if it's a 17 or more points and with less than two minutes to go, there's no replay. Or if we implement the running clock, there's no replay. Um, the, these are high school games. These are high school kids. And and I just think we have to be mindful of of being too intrusive. Um, the NFL is different, right? The NFL, these are professionals. Um, there is there is significant. There's people's jobs on the line, things like that. Whereas in high school, you like to think of it as more of a pure environment where it's about the kids. It's about more of you know having having fun. But ultimately, when it gets to postseason, um, that stuff it matters, and and that's why we have replay. Um, that that they decided to uh, you know to allow states to implement it. I just think it needs to be consistent, and and I think we have to have some you know a, a real a real conversation about the resources and can we find some vendors out there that can create some cost effective systems that high school associations and states can use. Great, thank you, Dean. This is Mike. And what I want to add is um, I know you're going to discuss the process on replay, but earlier you stated that you encourage them to watch a lot of film. Well, while they're doing that, my thought is to use that time to be a play-by-play -play announcer. Once, once you have presented to them the process and the things to look for, then watch these, these videos and, and just be a play-by-play -play announcer as if you were the communicator and you would have a pretty good understanding as to what type of uh, communication is going to go on in, in a replay booth plus it's going to help you look for certain things that would help you on the field no question that that and that is and we talk about with our communicators in many instances, you are a play-by-play -play announcer. And, and sometimes, and I've said this before, sometimes you're a radio play-by-play -play announcer. And, and radio is obviously more descriptive because people are listening. They, they can't see what's happening. And sometimes you're a television play-by-play -play announcer because, the, you know, that's less descriptive uh, because, you know, the, the viewer can actually see it where radio is more descriptive. Um, so, so that's really, it's so important. And, and I'll walk through the process. If we don't have any other questions, um, I'll start to go through the process and then maybe that can, maybe that can start to, you know, formulate some other questions and some other things that, that we can talk about. Okay. So, so 
we break it down, and, and this isn't much different than on the field. We break it down into three areas. We talk about pre-snap, pre-kick. And, and so as a replay official, I need to establish the game situation. And this we say before every, before every snap, before every kick, we're going through this same routine because that's the only way we're going to master it, the only way we're going to be efficient, and the only way we're going to be truly consistent. So it's, it's a cadence, and I'm sure on the field you have a pre-snap routine that you go through. This is, and I'm sure there's going to be some, some, some similarities, right? So, so as a replay official, I want, to know, I want to know my down and distance, okay? I need to know that, and I need to know where we are on the football field. So it's going to sound like this, and we ask our replay officials just to, like a quarterback has a cadence, you have a cadence in the booth, okay? It's second down. We're at the 20 going to the 30, right? It's third down. We're at the 40 going to the 38. And that is that is every play we're saying that out loud because that tells everybody, tells everybody what down it is. It tells everybody where we're, the line of scrimmage is and where the line of gain is. We want our replay officials to be aware of the time and the score, okay? The score is not critical. It's not, a, it's not a, a, a factor until late in the game. So in the first quarter, we're not overly concerned with the score. But certainly at the end of the game, right, we're going to look at a play differently if the score is 17-14 compared to 42 nothing. You're going to look at those plays differently. Clock, we have to be have, have a general game clock awareness, and that's important. We have to know how much, how many timeouts each team has. Can they stop the clock with a timeout? We know the types of rulings that can stop the clock, but can a team take a timeout to stop the clock? Right? In the booth, we're counting the players on both sides of the ball. This isn't before every play. Because that's reviewable. You can review 12 men on the field in both college and the NFL. So we're counting the offense, counting the defense, confirming that we have 11, just like we do on the field. We're aware of players running on and off. Is the offense substituting? Is the defense bringing players on? We're aware of that. We ask our replay officials, and this is, this is something, it will make you a better on-field official, and it will help you in replay. The, the, the greater our football IQ Look, and not everybody, not everybody played the game. It doesn't, you don't have to play the game to be a good official or be a good replay official. But if we understand the game and we watch enough film and we look at it from that perspective and understanding formations and understanding what teams like to do, that can help us. It can help us anticipate things. And no one's asking you to be Tony Romo and and, and analyze and, 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 and to that degree or be. You know, Peyton Manning reading the defense, we're not talking about that, but just have a general sense to know that if we have an empty backfield, then it's probably going to be a pass. Or, or, or if we have a player coming in motion toward the quarterback, we've got to be aware of that, that potential jet sweep, the little pitch. Is it a handoff? Is it a forward pass? Just being aware of what teams like to do. The defense formation, you know, do we have defensive players crowding the line of scrimmage, anticipating a blitz? Are we going to have, is the quarterback going to have to get rid of it quickly? It's just having that general IQ to understand and anticipate things. We want our replay officials to do that, and that should be something on the field as well that we consider. Camera location. We ask our replay officials to know where the cameras are located. And it becomes more critical when we get to a line, right? If we have the line to gain involved or we have a goal line involved, that's going to be important because they're going to have to access camera angles after the play. They're either going to have to wait for TV to show it or in some conferences they have access to a couple of different angles immediately and they're going to have to look at those angles. And then anticipation, right? Think about the type of ruling that would create a replay stop. Talk about significant plays, right? Or scoring plays, turnovers, big yardage plays, 20 plus yards. Those are going to be big plays. 
line again. If it's third or fourth down, then line again is going to be important. First and second down, the line again is not as important. So we want our replay officials to anticipate that. And then we want them to have a play clock awareness. You know, is the play clock running down? So it's a lot of things they have to go through prior to a snap or a kick. And many times there isn't, it's not a big window, right? It's not, it's, 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 it's a pretty short window that they have to work with it. And so the only way they're going to be efficient is if they do it over. And then we transition during the play. And really this, a lot of this has to do with on-field officiating as well, right? We, we clear the snap or the kick. So there's layers, there's levels to a play. And we want our replay officials, whereas on the field, and this will be a transition for many on-field officials, on the field, if you're watching the football, you're not officiating. Well, in replay, the football most of the time is going to tell you where the significant action is. So we clear the snap or the kick, right? Did the quarterback receive the snap? Do we have a ball on the ground? How did it get there? Then if there's an exchange, right, if the quarterback and running back, if we got that mesh point and there's an exchange, did he give the ball to the running back? Did he keep it? Is the ball on the ground? How did it get there? If we have a pass, in the college game, we have to clear the passer for targeting. So if we have a high hit, that's something that replay could look at, and we have to be aware of it. And then, like I said, we're tracking the football. The football, most of the time, is going to take you to the critical aspect that is review. But it doesn't mean that we get blinders on and we just focus on the football. We have to focus on the action around the ball. So if we have a ball carrier, we're aware of his proximity to, to the sideline, right? His, his, where is he in relation to the line of the game? Blindside blocks that could be targeting, players peeling back something we need to be aware of. If we have a pass, let's establish, is it forward or backward? Did the pass take place beyond the neutral zone? Was it touched? Was it touched by an eligible player? Was it touched by an ineligible player? And then boundary awareness, as players are running routes, did that receiver step out of bounds and come back in and, and, and was the first to touch the pass? All these things replay officials have to consider as the play is happening. If we have a kick, scrimmage kick, we're clearing the action around the kicker. There are situations where there's a flag down on the field for running into the kicker, and the replay official sees that that player actually tipped the ball before he ran into the kicker. That's reviewable, and we can pick up that flag. We're looking for fair catch signals. And we're, we're, we have a boundary awareness where a ball, a kicked ball, may hit a punt hits near the sideline at the, at the 20, and it bounces into back toward the field of play, and the returner picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. Did that ball hit the sideline? Should it have been dead there? That's something replay can look at. And then possession. Really, 99% of the time, replay is ruling on possession throughout every play. A handoff, a forward pass, a loose ball, we're dealing with possession. And then they have to confirm the play is over. And then when the play is over, they confirm the clock status. If the clock is supposed to be stopped, confirm that the clock is stopped. If the clock is supposed to be running, confirm that it was running. And then we transition to after the play. The ruling on the field is critical. Get the ruling on the field. We're looking at you. We're looking at the on-field officials. We're looking for your signals. We're looking at your body language. We're looking to see how decisive you are. The clock can help us. Did the clock stop or is it running? We're looking at reactions. Reactions of players can help us. We've got to get the ruling on the field. That's the first piece of information replay needs at the end of the, at the, end of the down. Then we're looking for clock stoppages. Is there a flag down? Do we have an injured player? Is a team taking a timeout? Is the clock stopping for a reason other than the ruling? That's important. We may not know what the flag is for, but we want our communicators to call out that there's a flag on the play as soon as they become aware, because that tells the replay official that everything is stopped and you have some time to work through the process. 
one set of eyes has to remain on the field. There's multiple people in the replay booth. A replay official is going to be responsible for looking at the video after the play and making a determination. And a communicator is going to be watching the field and telling the replay official what's happening on the field. Because we know that the replay official can only review a play until the next legal snap or kick. So we need to know how much time we have. If that snap goes off, we can't stop the game to look at that previous play. So it's so important. Then we establish what's reviewable, right? Catch, no catch, fumble down by rule. Could be a targeting situation. Then we determine the competitive effect. And the key thing to remember about replay is it's designed to fix the obvious mistake in a significant situation. That's, that's the basic reason replay was put in. Now, we have gone well beyond that. And now we have to make sure that we don't go too far beyond. So we're not there to reofficiate every play. We're not there to fix every potential mistake, right? Yes, every play matters. Every play has an impact. But a three-yard pass in the first quarter is not significant compared to the 20-yard pass in the fourth quarter of a one-score game, right? The plays are different. They, they, they have different levels of significance. And the replay official has discretion to work through it, even though it might be a potential mistake. It's four yards and we're in the first quarter. I'm not going to stop the game. We're not there to fix every potential mistake. They then analyze the available angles and they make a decision every time. And they're either going to make the decision to stop the game and review it, or they're going to move on to their pre-snap, pre-kick routine. That's the process. That's what they do. We ask them to think out loud. We want them to talk about what they're seeing, communicate, right? Pre-snap, second down, 20 to the 30. As the play develops, Pass, runner makes it to the line of game. We may call that out. We've got a ball on the ground. I've got a ball on the ground. Get the ruling on the field, and then we work through that process. Questions on any of that? I believe there's a question in the chat room. Let me pull that up real quick. Uh, Dean, this is Joe Diaz in Albuquerque. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so um, I do have a couple questions I've been jotting down, and I uh, thought I'd better pipe in now before it's over. Um, so high school uh, is starting to go to more OTOs on the field with officials, okay? New Mexico has not really implemented it yet. It's, however, we have started trying them, and I think the very since we're going to be new using it, and I think the wave of the future is we will be using them soon. Is I think most people are are you know everybody's afraid of change, right? But the big thing is communication. And when you were talking in the uh, in the booth, and you guys are doing the, the booth communication to the on-field officials, you were having your own communication down in distance etc right you're you're just your normal protocol right like a pre-snap yep. routine almost um do you recommend or what's your experience being on the field with the crew talking hey down in distance it's third and two uh clock is you know almost out is there almost too much stuff that can be said or do you think if it's pertinent to the game Listening to allowed for the whole crew is better than not saying anything. Yeah, it's a great question. And look, O to O has been um, has been overall, it's been a positive. And and I do think at some point everybody's going to be using it as the technology continues to to improve. Um, but and I'm sure you know Mike or anybody that has experience with it can can tell you it it can be a negative as well. You know. Sometimes there is too much communication. And, and so we, we certainly, we don't recommend having, you know, you on O to O going through all of that and having everybody listening to your entire pre-snap routine. I think the value of O to O is the ability to communicate things 
more efficiently, right? I don't have to run 30 yards to my referee to tell him the flat, the foul that I have and the number. I can do that on O to O. He can make it, she can make an announcement and, and we can just be more efficient because in all of this, right, every level of football, um, and I know, and I don't think it's 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 as as critical in the high school game right now, but in college and certainly the NFL, they are looking at ways to reduce some of the downtime. Right? We did a study in 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 2016 of an NFL game that year. Right? We averaged three hours and six minutes roughly per game, and only about 15 and a half minutes of that was actual football. So O to O does help. It helps with some of the efficiencies, but it also, it can become a crutch. And I've seen officials that rely too much on O to O and they, they go away from their preliminary signals or they, they go away from the things that they would normally do and they rely on replay to almost help them when replay should just be focusing on what's reviewable. And it's like anything else, the more tools we have, I think about, you know, I told the story when I went home, my mom, I live in California. My mom lives in New York. I went home to visit her and, and, you know, I got, she's had the same car for 20 years and I got in her car and I was just backing up out of the driveway and I, and I had a hard time backing up out of the driveway because I didn't have a rear view video camera. I didn't have a beep. I didn't have all of these bells and whistles. And sometimes I like an O to O with that if we get too comfortable with it and we rely on replay to help us and tell us we're our officiating, our ability on the field is actually going to, it's going to degrade. So, so I think it can be a value. I think overall it's a positive, but I think we got it, we got to manage it. And again, it comes down to communication. Clear and concise communication is so important. Thank you. You guys, we promised Dean we'd keep it to an hour. So a few more questions, please. Hey, I have another question if um, Dennis isn't gonna read the one in the chat room. My question, Dean, is um, the booth is there for uh, to help the integrity of the game in unique situations. Earlier you said in the first quarter, if there's a mistake, you're not gonna stop the game and uh, review it, right? Because it's an insignificant mistake, et cetera, right? Basically. So do you guys in the booth ever come chime in down to the crew and say, hey, uh, just FYI, guys, that was that was uh, the wrong call or, or he was out of bounds? Or do you relay that or do you just make a note and talk to them then after the game? And if you relay it, I'm thinking it's probably better, even though the game flow does not stop. Now it's in their ear to pay more attention, maybe. Or what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, it's 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 a good question. And and let me say this: when we talk about right the three or four yard play, one of the things we teach our replay officials: if it's obvious and you're a hundred percent sure you're going to change it, then stop the game and change it. So 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 we always fix the obvious one, but the three or four yard play where it's just questionable and they're not sure. We're not, we don't want them stopping the game and spending a minute and a half to try to determine that. So, so the obvious mistake they're going to stop. Now, I think to your other part of the question, you know, do they get in their ear? We typically tell them, we typically tell them not to get in their ear if there is something negative, um, unless it's something pertinent they need to know going forward. But if we just, you know, if we missed a spot or we missed something. Rather than put that negative bug in that official's ear, and now they're now they're dwelling on it, we want to keep that communication as positive as possible. And we just we honestly tell our replay officials try to stay away from even an attaboy because unless it's something above and beyond. Because what happens sometimes is one official will get the attaboy and it was a good call and that's a good call, and then the other official will make a call and not get it, and they'll start to wonder, well. Was that wrong? Did the, did I miss it? So we just try to stay away from those types of that type of communication and just deal with deal with fact uh, because sometimes the replay official maybe the replay official's judgment um, is off and the official was right and we don't want to tell them that they were wrong when when they weren't. So um, it's something that we have to manage. Thank you. Dean, this is Ken. Uh, I saw on Wikipedia that 
you did some uh, stand-up comedy. I sorry, I have to go personal with it. Tell us about your stand-up comedy. Yeah, I did that. You know, that was something I did. I, I probably, it's been about 10 years. Uh, it was never a career goal of mine. I did it as I was, I was working at the NFL. And, uh, you know, I just did it on the side and, and was, was working and living in New York City. So there were a lot of comedy clubs. And it's just something I enjoyed. And actually, it, it really helped me in my career. When you think about public speaking, um, there, there, there isn't, um, and I don't know if there's anybody that on, on the, in the meeting that's done it, but it, there isn't a lot of situations in life that's more intimidating than stand-up comedy and just getting up in front of a group of strangers with a microphone and trying to entertain them. Um, and so that really prepared me for getting up in front of coaches and, and players and owners uh, and, and talking to them and, and, and trying to, you know, at least make them see my point of view. So, so yeah, it was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. It was never a career goal of mine, but it definitely, like I said, a sense of humor is going to help you in this, in this industry. And then that, that definitely helped me. That's awesome. Appreciate you touching on that. Hey, uh, Dana, Mike, would you like to see anything in closing? Um, I will, uh, refer to one of the chat questions out there because there was a question on chat and that is um is there an age cutoff and what is the best way to let somebody know that they are interested in replay yeah no look there's there's no age cutoff um we you know we want to we want to draw from the biggest pool of people possible that's the only way and we want it to be inclusive um, we want to try to to get people from everywhere, and that's the only way we're going to truly achieve that. So I think the easiest way is is shoot me an email, and, and my email is easy. It's dean.blandino at gmail, and shoot me an email. Um, I'm, I'm compiling. I have a list of, of perspective and people that are interested, and, uh, and I'll work with college coordinators and maybe get you to a game to observe and then and then see how you feel about that and then maybe maybe get you started um, with a college conference. So um, send me an email and then and then we'll go from there. Great. All right. Thank you for your time, sir. Hey, Dean, this is uh, this is Dennis. One more quick one. I know you got to go, Dean, and thank you for your time. But Who is that? Joe Diaz in Albuquerque. Um. My question here, Dean, is in the booth, in an NFL game, in the touch of a, a, a close game, what is the most difficult play when the crew comes to you and it goes to replay? What is the hardest play for you to rule on? Is it a catch, no catch, inbounds, out of bounds? What is the most difficult one to look at? Yeah, there's, you know, replay was replay was meant to deal with objective facts, right? The ball touching the ground, the foot hitting the sideline. It's really evolved beyond that. And and once we got involved in catch no catch, right? That that's a subjective call at times. Control, did he have it long enough? I think I think that's that's a challenging call at times. Um, but probably the one that the honestly the one that gives replay officials the most trouble, um, and, and I'm sure it's 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 similar on the field is that that spot at the sideline um you know where that ball crossed the the sideline is, is so hard when you're dealing with you know you're talking about something that happens in in a three-dimensional world and then you go to tv and you're trying to piece angles together um so, so the spot at the sideline those are difficult to overturn because it's really tough to say exactly where that ball crossed um you know line game probably in the college game it makes about 10 up of 10% of the reviews every year. So you do get involved in that quite a bit. And uh, and I'd say that's probably one of the tougher ones. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Dean, before you go, uh, really appreciate 601. Uh, this is for for me and Dana. We're big Cowboys fans. Now, don't <laughs> you don't have to answer it, but uh, was it a catch? Well, you know, yeah, everybody asks me that. And um, so under the rule at the time, no. Under the rule at the time, and this was actually, I, I you know, I tell the story when when it happened. So we were in the command center in New York, and, and I have the headset on. And it's the only game. It's a playoff game, only game going on. And I'm, I'm 
ready to go. And the play happens, and I see the ball come out, and I see our, our field judge um, rule catch, and I, I just immediately I start looking at the Green Bay side. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I see Coach McCarthy throw the red flag. And I, and I literally turn to the room, and there's probably maybe 10 or 15 people in the room, and I said, everybody get ready because the, the SHIT is going to hit the fan. And, and I knew that this was going to be controversial. Um, I knew right away as we were looking at it that, that under the rule at the time, it wasn't a catch. He was going to the ground, and, and it didn't matter if he reached. He had to hold on to it when he hit the ground. Um, but I knew it was going to be controversial. And, uh, and obviously, that's a play that everybody asks about. And they, they've since changed the rule. But, uh, you know, that's one that I'll always remember, and it's, it's definitely one I get asked about. And Cowboy fans are, are usually – they're much nicer in person. On, on, on social media, they're not very kind. <laughs> Dean, this is Ken. Thank you so much for joining our webcast. Um, uh, and thank you for taking the time. I know your time is valuable, and we appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. And like I said, Anybody feel free to shoot me an email and uh, I'd love to talk more about replay or, or anything else. Hey, hey, Dean, it's Dana. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. And uh, Dean and I have known each other for a number of years. And I just want to say that he's one of the most humble and down to earth people that I've ever met in this in this profession. And it's certainly something that um, I value as our friendship over the years. And um, even though I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, I will tell you that the only thing I love more than the Dallas Cowboys are my family and my officials. So I had to actually tell everybody it's not a catch under the rule. <laughs> so I probably lost friends who are Dallas fans, but I'm always going to stick up for officials. Even, even if they're not NMOA officials, you got to stick up for them, but thank you for spending your evening with us, Dean. And I hope to see you down the road. Thank you, Dana, very much. And, and thank you everyone for taking the time. And, and I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you, sir. God bless. Stay healthy. You too. Bye, guys. Bye.